The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the twelve apostles, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others... I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. May angels surround us as we look for the presence of the divine in today's scripture and in our lives. Amen. Now I have to tell you, I am not altogether thrilled about today's gospel. In seminary, we had a class called Teaching and Preaching Texts of Terror. Today's text has always been a text of terror for me. My peaceful Jesus proclaims, I have not come to bring peace to earth, but a sword. For I have come to set man against father, a daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus was always saying unexpected things, but this is among the most difficult I don't know for sure what Jesus meant by his divisive sword talk, and maybe I never will. But I have come to a place of finding meaning in it for me today in our context. Perhaps meaning that comes close to Jesus's intent. I will share my thoughts with you, but first I have to tell you that I am dubious about sharing them. The meaning of these words for me is complicated and difficult. 
It is not something I really know how to talk about from a pulpit. I've spent the week trying to figure out how to preach about something else to avoid this, but I can't do it because if I did so, these unaddressed words from Jesus will nag at me and I will feel as though I offered to preach and then avoided preaching what seems to want to be preached. So I'm going to tell you what these words mean for me with the disclaimer that this is not an easy conversation. And if it is hard for you to listen, you are welcome to step out or go play with construction paper in the chapel. And you're welcome to talk to me or Tony later. People in our brokenness harm one another in many different ways, big and small. I know a lot of people who were hurt very badly when they were very little or hurt very badly when they were not so little. I've listened to friends and family members and other fellow human beings tell horrific stories of things that happened to them that should never happen to anyone. And many of these things happened in families. Real evil lived out in the actions of one family member towards another. There's no reason to go into detail here. I won't tell any specific stories. You may have stories somewhere in you that illustrate the awful realities that I am referring to. As a society, we tend to be quiet about these acts of violence. I have been at dinner tables with people who I have known to be perpetrators, and I have politely pretended to know nothing. This is a kind of peace that isn't actually peace, right? I think this is the kind of peace that Jesus did not come to bring. He did not come to bring apathy or enabling silence. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. When I was in high school, some friends and I made a life-size plaster statue of the archangel Michael, complete with ten-foot wingspan and silver sword. Michael is still hanging in flight, sword drawn on the slanted ceiling of the loft above my parents' garage. Parents do tend to collect things. I've always felt safe and at peace in his presence. He is fierce and protective and beautifully powerful. Sometimes we get stuck in the image of Jesus as simply a humble, harmless human God. But I do believe that he, like the archangel, also was and is fierce and protective and beautifully powerful. Fierce Jesus is the Jesus that we need when we are stuck in a place where people are hurting one another. He is a Jesus that will swoop in and help us to cut the tight and complicated bonds of human relationships and release us from one another. There's a phrase in 12-step programs that fits here. In abusive situations, we are called to detach with love from those who hurt us. Detaching is hard work. Loving someone who hurts us is hard work, too. 
We have heard Jesus encourage us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. But that directive is dangerous in my mind without today's gospel. Today we are told that Jesus will cut us away from one another, help us to detach so that we can love one another and pray for one another from a safe distance. I think it's quite possible that our foremother, Sarah, of today's Old Testament story, was a hurtful presence in the life of her slave, Hagar. As the story goes, Hagar, at Sarah's command, had a child with Sarah's husband, Abraham. But once Sarah was able to have a child of her own, she exiled Hagar and the baby, Ishmael, into the wilderness. Hagar was cut away from her home and family, and she had no means with which to protect herself or her baby. She had no means to keep them alive. And as they began to perish in the wilderness, she and the baby both called out, and God heard them and told Hagar not to be afraid. God sent water and saved Hagar and Ishmael, and they survived. Cut away from those who hurt them, they almost died. And then they went on to live their lives in safety. Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy. These are the words that Hagar heard. These are the words that brought her back from death to life. Do not be afraid, for God has heard us. When we are in need of a God who will come in and cut us away from those who hurt us, and yet that God does not seem to show up. When we are suffering greatly and no one comes to our aid, it can be nearly impossible to think that God is actually there hearing our cry, present with us. And yet Jesus of the sword tells us three times in today's gospel not to be afraid. Not to be afraid because we are not alone and not to be afraid because we are so precious to God that we will never be abandoned. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted, so do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. This is the part of the gospel that I did want to preach. The part where Jesus assures us of God's deep love for us. We are told that we are of even more value than a sparrow. And even a sparrow does not fall to the ground unaccompanied by God. The sparrows will fall. And we, too, will fall in many different ways. I don't know why God doesn't stop some of our falls from happening, especially the falls that are the most harmful to our minds, bodies, and spirits. But I do believe that we do not fall unaccompanied by a God who weeps as we suffer. This is a God who not only stays with us in our pain, but who came and carried a cross and experienced human pain and suffering. We are directed at the end of the gospel today to carry that cross along with him, to follow his example of tremendously difficult love. There has been a destructive misinterpretation of what it means to carry that cross that has led people to stay in harmful situations, to not speak up 
about the hurt they or someone else are experiencing, believing that to carry the cross means to take care of the one who is hurting them or others. I cannot believe that Jesus asks us to do that. I do believe that we are asked to take great risks with one another by breaking the silence of false peace, by shouting in the face of injustice, abuse, and oppression, by loving one another with great tenderness, being polar opposites of the evil, and by allowing Jesus and his sword into our lives, where he can separate us from the forces of destruction within us and within those around us. And so he can be with us in great, fierce, protective, beautiful love. It is helpful to me in conversations like this to lean on my belief in angels. It was an angel who came to Hagar in the wilderness. It was angels who proclaimed the resurrection of Christ. It is the archangel Michael who taught me that fierceness can be holy. And it is a sense that we are surrounded by angels that comforts my soul amid too much human suffering. When we were about three and four years old, my big sister and I witnessed the fight between my father and a man who had followed my mother home from her late-night nursing shift. We lived in a tough neighborhood, and our house was broken into often, but this was not the fir- so this was not the first time that my dad had to fight off an intruder. But it was the last time. That night, my sister saw angels on our bedroom wall, and she and I felt that we were safe. And so I will end with a prayer I learned a long time ago, a prayer invoking God's presence in the midst of angels. I learned it as a song, so I'm going to sing it, and I ask for your forgiveness for that. And also, I invite you to join me if you know it. We are standing on holy ground, and we know that there are angels all around. on holy ground.